Thanks for listening to our Legacy Church podcast. We hope that today's message helps you in your walk with Christ and you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. But, uh, today we're starting a new sermon series called God is for you. God is for you. Amen. And I would specifically want to talk about the favor of the Lord. But I first want to say this. Your eternal destiny lies in the balance of how you see God and how God sees you. And how you see God will determine how you relate to him. And how you live your life will determine the amount of favor upon your life. Powerful principle of God's word. Now, the devil works overtime to cause you to not see God as he actually is. He wants to give you a wrong perspective of of God. And many of us, before we come to know Jesus and the truth, we are under the deception of the the enemy, the devil who's real. I'm not afraid to speak about the devil in church. Sometimes you never hear about the devil in church. Let me tell you, you need to hear who your enemy is. You know, and so the devil is our enemy. He's a liar. He's a thief. And he works overtime on every human being from conception until a person passes from the earth to hold on to your soul and to give you a wrong perception and understanding of who God really is. And there's three lies that the devil uses. The Bible says he deceives the whole world, so he's pretty good. The first lie is there's no such thing as God. God is, is a figment of your imagination. And uh, it's, it's hard to believe in this day and age, especially as technology is increasing, and we're learning more and more about the, con- the, the conception of life itself and how profound life is, how impossible everything is without engineering that happens behind it. But he convinces people there is no God. The second lie is if there is a God, he is far off, He's uninvolved in your life, and he doesn't care about you personally. He doesn't even know who you are. Again, another lie, because the Bible says that God even knows the hairs on your head. He knows you intimately. You know, the Bible says that that you were formed, you know, by God. He created you, the thought of you. You exist and are put in your mother's womb by him. He knows you intimately, but the devil wants you to think he's far off. He's far off. So people have a wrong impression of God. And even if, you know, as, as believers sometimes, we think God is way up there and then we're down here. Untrue. Untrue. It's a lie from the enemy. And the third lie is God is the problem. The world's problems are because of God. Satan, from the beginning of time, he's been challenging God. And he blames God. And you probably have done this yourself. With your mouth and even your thought patterns before you really get to know Jesus, that God is the problem of pain. We blame God for our pains. We blame God for the, the, the things that we experience in life that are not comfortable, the things that we experience in life that we say, why is this happening? This should not be happening. The injustices of the world, you always hear people blaming God. First, they don't believe in him, but then they blame him, all right? And isn't that true? Okay, these, these are realities and these are lies. The devil is so good, he's a liar. He's a murderer, the Bible says, and he's a liar. 
But the Lord says, and the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. God looks. God sees. You know, he's not only omnipotent, all-powerful. He's not only omniscient, which means he knows all, but he's omnipresent. The Bible teaches God is everywhere all the time. And he looks, the Bible says, and he's not only a God who loves you intimately, not only is he for you, but he's seeking every opportunity to support you. Get this understanding. This is a powerful scripture. There's a tremendous revelation in this scripture that God is looking for the opportunity to help you. He's looking for the opportunity to bless you. He's looking for the opportunity to put favor on you. He's looking for every opportunity. Come on, give the Lord thanks this morning for who he is. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your marriage. He wants to bless your children. He wants to bless your finances. He wants to bless your health. What you do, he wants to bless. What you own, he wants to bless. And let me say this. There will never be anyone in your life who can do what God can do for you. Your boss can't do it. Your spouse can't do it. Your boyfriend can't do it. Your girlfriend can't do it. Your job can't do it. Your career can't do it. Only God can do what he's good at. And that is blessing us, pouring his favor on us. You know, when we say God is for you and that God loves you, he loves us completely. The Bible says that while you're yet a sinner, he loves you. It's not based upon you. You know, we, we, we read about Judas betraying Jesus. Do you know that Jesus loved Judas? He loved him. He called him friend. He loved him, even though Judas betrayed him. It doesn't matter whether you reject God or not. He still loves you. God's love is perfect. It's complete. But God's love for you, or I should say God's love for you, is not predicated by what you do, but by what Jesus did. God loves you. His love is upon you because of what Jesus did. Jesus affirmed you. Jesus took your sins. And he said, I cover this person. I cover my son. I cover my daughter. I take upon myself their imperfections. I take upon myself their rejection of you, Father. I take it. Put the wrath upon me. But love them, Father. Love them, Father. That's the gospel. It's the greatest love story. You like chick flicks? The gospel is the greatest love story of all time. Amen? But let's continue on. And this is what I want to talk about today. The favor of the Lord. But his favor, his blessing comes upon what you do. Get this revelation. God loves you completely. But when we pray, God, pour your favor upon us. Pour your favor upon us. He's going to say to you, okay, what are you doing that you want my favor upon? Okay? Favor is poured upon what you do. 
the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, the spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. You know, salvation itself, salvation itself is not only an act of believing, because the Bible says in Romans 10.9, if we put that up, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, if you do something physical, if you do something, you must declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, salvation is not, oh, I believe in God. No, you must declare with your mouth. You must do something public. You must speak. I declare that Jesus is Lord. And also the Bible says, repent and be baptized. Well, I don't want to be baptized. Well, I don't know. The Bible says repent and be baptized. You must do what God tells you to do if you want his favor. You know, if you've never been baptized as an adult, uh, you need to be baptized. I mean, it's a commandment of the Lord. You know, we're going to be having a baptism soon. I encourage you, if you haven't been baptized, sign up for baptism. Get the next growth track class that's going to be starting the beginning of February. Because the Bible says, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. You know, so there's action. And God puts favor upon your actions. What you do physically is what God puts favor on. He loves you completely. He loves you no matter what. But you want blessing on your life? You want change in your life? You want favor on your life? You have to do something. You got to do something. In James, the brother of Jesus wrote this. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds. I will show you my faith by my deeds. I'll show you my faith by what I do. See, whatever or whoever has your heart, whatever or whoever has your heart completely, you will serve. You'll work for, you'll live for, you'll give to. Whoever or whatever has your heart completely, you will serve. So be careful who or what has your heart's priority. I say that? Be careful what you give your heart completely to. Because there's only one being who can bless you, who can pour his favor upon your life. That's God. Be careful who you give your heart to completely. Because in Second Chronicles, it says, The eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Do you know your heart is your life? You can't live without a heart. Um, it's how you live. It's why you're alive today. How many have a heartbeat out there? Can you check your neighbor's pulse this morning? Just having an emotional assent to God or an intellectual understanding of God, a faith that is, is, is mind only and not heart related, uh, will not get the favor of God in your life. Because the Bible says favor comes by giving your heart completely. And let me say this. A heart works best. This is a great revelation. Oh, get this. A heart works best inside your body. Isn't that brilliant? 
A heart works best inside your body. Your heart must be beating. It must be working. It must be functioning. It must be serving the rest of the body, interconnected with the body. You know, some people say, I can be a Christian, but not really part of the body of Christ, the church of God. What are you, like a heart on a, on a slab? How many of you have ever seen a heart just separate from the body? It's not a pretty thing. I remember when I was a kid, I was traumatized. I'm still traumatized by it. I remember it, uh, my family would have New Year's Eve parties at the house. And, uh, and we had a finished basement. And this, I guess this was like a cultural thing to do. And so in New Year's, um, I went down, see what's smelling so good, because my mom's an unbelievable cook from Italy. Some of you know my mom, and she's an amazing cook. So I, I, I always go down, because that's where the, uh, for you Italians and maybe some other nationalities, you always have a kitchen in the basement, all right? There's a kitchen upstairs. I have no idea what that's for. I have no idea, okay? A whole kitchen upstairs, I have no clue. But the basement, that's where it happens. And so I walk in the house, I smell something great in the air, and it was New Year's, and they were having a party, and, and I go downstairs, and I am faced with this platter with a giant cow's heart, okay? And so that is something that I guess Italians eat, you know? And I, I picture that and say, I think some Christians are like hearts on a giant platter, but they're disconnected from the body. How can you beat? How can you work? How can you serve if you're disconnected from the body? You might be pretty or not so pretty. <laughs> you might smell nice, but you have to be connected to the body. I hear amen. All right. yeah. You know, there are two worlds right now among us. Um, one is the spiritual world, which is invisible which is just as real. I, you know, I picture the Holy Spirit just smiling on us today. When we're worshiping, you know, I, I sense the presence of angels in the room, you know, rejoicing with us today because this is God's house. He's the king. <clears throat> and then you have the, the visible world, and which is the world of, as we know, the five senses, vision, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. Now here, for you guys who are fasting, I'm tempting you. I'm tempting myself. Like, everything in me right now wants to take a bite of an Alley's donut. We do have Alley's today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> For those of you who are fasting everything else but sweets. <laughs> but this donut is our reality, right? I can smell it. Smells pretty good. I can touch it, I can taste it, but I won't, and I can even hear it, and I bet you, you can hear it, because it's calling my name, right? <laughs> this donut is calling my name. <laughs> but this donut would not be here if it weren't for the bakers, the ovens, the dough, the cost, the work, the person who, who went and got it at Ellie's, at Ellie's. You know, it wouldn't be here. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this because it's the same in the spiritual world. Anything good in your life, anything that's favored comes from God. 
Because God is working in the background. He's the baker. He's the candlestick maker. He's working in the background. The Bible says in James 1.7, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. I love this passage of Scripture because it says, who does not change like shifting shadows. You know what the problem with the earth is? You know what the problem with people is? That we're constantly changing. We can't trust in man. I don't care who you are. Unless it's Jesus. But we can't trust in God that God doesn't change. And that's why his word and God is, is true. And that's why God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why we can trust in the teachings of Scripture. Because he doesn't change. He's always good. He's always a blesser. He's always working for our benefit. He's always looking to see who can I put my favor on? Who can I bless? Let's pray 2019. There's a shift in our understanding of who God is. You know, God puts his favor, like I said, upon what you do. Favor is when God's supernatural touches your natural. When God's supernatural touches your natural, what you're doing, your life, the things that we do, that is favor. You know it when it happens. You know it when it happens. And usually, things that you don't deserve, say, I don't deserve this. You're right. God gave it to you. Somehow the favor of God. You stumbled upon the favor of God. You know, I said that to my wife this morning at driving to church, you know. Honey, God's favor was on me when um, I ended up with you. I don't know what happened to your eyesight, but thank God he must have blinded you like he did Paul for a little bit, and you couldn't see the real me. You know, favor. If you have a place to live, God blessed you. If you woke up this morning, God bless you. His favor is on you. If you're here in church this morning, you are highly favored. Come on. You know, I look around the, the church and I say, boy, you know what? The favor of God has been upon our church. Um, you know, now Legacy Church, but New Life Worship Center community of churches from the conception and it's not because God says, oh, I'm going to put favor upon these people. It's because of the work of the people. We are blessed, even as a, a, a legacy church, you know, as a community church, you can sense God is blessing the church. Why? It's because we have servants in the church. We have people working hard in the church. We have people who come and set up at the church, you know, we have people who are serving in the kids' ministry right now. It's probably 125, 130 kids back there. They're not just there by themselves. People are serving. That's why the church is blessed. The church is blessed because people are giving. God blesses what we do in the natural. Favor comes upon what we do. It thus doesn't come for no reason. It comes as a God's reaction to what we do. Then God, that's a, so when you pray for favor, say, God, put your favor upon me. You know? God, I need money. Put your favor upon me. And the Lord will say, 
Yes, come on, come on. Get a job. <laughs> Work. Get a job. I'll, I'll help you. Put together a resume. Apply. Apply for a job, you know? And then wait upon me. Trust me. Sometimes, you know, honestly, sometimes you'll be tested, you know? I mean, my wife and I, we, we're going through it. And God tests you, and you're saying, God, come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. But see, when you know God is good, when you know he has plans to prosper you, when you know he's with you, you know, you can have peace even in the struggle. You can be pressed and not crushed, okay? You can be persecuted and not abandoned because you have a peace. You know God, you know God. That God is for you. God is for me. Say that nice and loud. God is for me. Again, God is for me. In Jesus' name. Psalm 90, 12. This is the only psalm that was actually written by Moses. We think of the psalms, we think of King David. It says, May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. God anoints, he blesses, he puts favor on the work of our what? Our hands. God puts favor on what we do physically in the natural world. We're in a time of prayer and fasting for God's favor. This is a physical act, you know. It's a physical act. Praying is a physical act. You have to speak words to God. You have to think about what you want to ask God. You, you pray. It's a physical act. Not eating is a physical act. Like, it's taking everything in me not to take a bite of this donut. It's a physical act. I have to push it away. It's very powerful. I, I want to encourage you to get in this week with, with what God's doing. Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in fasting. Even if you fast for a, a meal a day or a day, apply these principles and say, God, I'm entering 2019. I'm serious about this. I'm serious about this. Okay? Because God will put your, his favor upon it. You know, Jesus told his disciples when they asked, they were trying to cast a demon off of this young boy who, who the, the demons would just throw him into the fire and convulse and seizures, and, and they couldn't deliver this young man or heal this young man. And they asked Jesus, Jesus, what's up? Like, why can't we help this young boy? And Jesus said, because sometimes this kind come out by prayer and fasting. Interesting. The Lord would say, you have to do something. You have to do, you have to pray. You have to fast. You, because the physical acts that we do connect with the spirit realm and God releases his favor. God releases deliverance. God releases his blessing. I want to show you this in, in the book of Exodus. We're going to be closing in a few minutes. That God puts his favor upon what you do physically. And Exodus says, so Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses, 
held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so his hands remained steady till sunset. Think about this. What do we do in worship? We lift our hands. Why do we lift our hands? Because the Bible says, lift up holy hands to the Lord. It's physical. Why did Moses have to lift his hands up? Moses, why couldn't you just call down fire, you know, and burn up your enemies? Because God, God says, this is the way I want you to do it. Lift up hands. And I was thinking, the use of hands, this is what we use to serve. God says, use your hands. I will put my favor upon your hands. What you do physically, serving, working, worshiping, lifting up hands, our acts of worship, our acts of homage, our dancing. Why do we dance? It's a physical act. The Bible says to do it. I don't really, I'm not a good dancer. I could do the moonwalk, you know. But God says to dance. Dance. And all of a sudden you see, you know, hey, let me try this dancing thing. Some of you guys dance really funny, you know. You know, I see the way you dance like that. I see, you know. <clears throat> Something happens, you know. You, 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 your heart starts to tick a little bit. You used to come to church like this. You were stiff. Hello? Call the paramedics. Not sure that guy's alive. You know? You start getting truth. The devil lies start to dissipate. Maybe this stuff is real. Maybe what this guy's been saying every week, you know, lift up your hands, lift up your hands, lift up your hands. Well, let me try it. Let me at least try a finger. You know? And all of a sudden, you start feeling things. You start sensing something. Because God says, oh, I'm looking. He's lifting up his hands. She's lifting up her hands. Oh, I'm looking. Oh, what's this person doing? Serving in the house of God? Connecting? We need to pour favor on this person. Because they're doing something. They're asking for favor. Lord, I'm serving you this year. I'm doing something for you this year. Lord, I'm doing something. I'm going to help this year in the church. I'm going to do something for you this year. God says, oh, would you like some favor? Would you like a glass of favor? <laughs> powerful, powerful scripture. <clears throat> and another interesting fact, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up is that God gave Moses helpers. God gave Moses, Aaron, and Hur to help him keep his hands up. Do you know that God gives us the church? That God gives us the body of Christ? God gives you pastors and leaders and, and those that will challenge you and people that will come up to you and say, hey, you know, come on, why don't you join Growth Track? God's brought you in the church, come on. Help out. Let God use your life. You have gifts. You got talents. 
We need your gifts and talents. God needs your gifts and talents. You know, we pe need people in the media department. We need people who know computers. We need people with, with have, who have a heart for kids. You know, we keep saying, man, what are we doing? We have 200 kids, which is pretty soon. Oh, we, we need women who, who say, hey, I'd love to be used by God to show the love of Christ to kids, you know? You know, how do we set up the church every week, break down every week? Hey, men, come on, we can use you. Give your hands to God. You want favor upon your life? Give your hands to God. Because what you do for God, God will bless. God will pour his favor upon. Thanks for listening today. We pray you are blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy Church RI. Have a blessed week.